on this episode of Resi Week. Cedia has their 2019 North American Awards event, handling industry takeovers, and getting into biophilia from HVAC. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 182, CD Awards 2019. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and today I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend Giles Sutton. He is the Senior Vice President of Industry Engagement for Cedia. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really well, Matt. Thanks so much for inviting me back on the show. Thank you so much for coming back. And we have uh, another one of my good friends, Joe Whitaker. He is the CEO of the Thoughtful Integrations out of St. Louis. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Glad uh, to be back on the show again. I'm glad you're both here, specifically because you both were able to attend our first story uh, of the day. This comes to us from avnation.tv. The CD Awards 2019 honors residential dealers all across North America. Uh, if you haven't followed this, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, CDA this year moved their awards show from uh, Expo into a standalone event combined with a business leadership event. Uh, this took place this past week in Chicago. Uh, unfortunately, I was unable to attend due to a scheduling issue on my end. Uh, luckily, Tim from, from our company was there as were Giles and Joe. So Giles, I'd like to kick this off with you. Uh, this was, you know, really something that y- you drove. This, this, is, this event is one of, dare I say, your babies. Um, give us a quick overview of, you know, why it moved, the benefit of co-locating it with a business event, uh, and then just give us a quick overview of, you know, the, the awards and, you know, there's a list on on uh, aviation.tv of the companies that won that. Uh, but just give us a quick overview of the event. Sure. Well, the, uh, really where this event came about, Matt, was that um, we felt um, with the success of CDA Expo, um, our, our event there was really um, was getting a little bit lost with all of the other events that are happening around that show. It, you know, Expo is massively successful and it's a huge networking event for our industry. But we felt that um, having an awards event there was not necessarily um, for the benefit of those who are actually winning the awards. It was getting a little bit lost in the noise um, of, of other events. Um, on, by the same ticket and token, we actually had um, we had a you know we have a very successful kind of we have business management uh, events in the past, and we felt that by bringing these two events together, by having um, something that was specifically targeted to the owners of businesses, um, we could really deliver you know really really good business. Um, training and marketing training and uh, we brought in sessions on succession planning and security and privacy uh, and then have a sort of stellar um, award celebration in the evening as well and um, we're really delighted with how it went and how um, we had amazing sponsors the whole industry really got behind it it was a very very different format to the way that we handle events in the past in that many of our sponsors chose to host attendees on their table which is similar to the awards event that we have over in Europe in that sponsors 
um, will typically have a table and they will host uh, integrators on those tables. And we were delighted with the, um, the, the support that we had from, from many of our manufacturer members. Very good. Joe, you were, you were able to attend. This is one of those events that, you know, does carry some caveat, uh, or sorry, not caveat, cachet. Um, it carries some cachet. That's the proper word, Giles. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you win an award. It is a big deal. Uh, even if it's just a big deal for you as your company, you know, that, that you're able to achieve this level of success and, you know, being recognized within the industry is fantastic. How do you, how do you value, you know, not only being able to be shortlisted for an award, but, but ultimately winning award. And then how do you leverage that within your own company? Should, should we ask, should we ask uh, La Scala this because they won like a billion awards? Um, I mean, you should say, okay, so, you know, there's one thing about leveraging for, for your company, but there's another thing, seeing the pride in people's faces when this happens, whether it could be one award or La Scala got like five, right, Jazz? Yeah, four. I mean, it's, 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 you know, that's, that's kind of the heart of what we do. But, you know, the event, leveraging that and what CD is doing now is very interesting because with go, going to what Giles said, we know that Expo is crowded. It's hard to have an event, get everybody together when everybody else wants to have events. But as long as I've been on, on, on the board and, and Giles was on the board when this discussion happened many years ago, is the award ceremony that is put on in the UK with the black tie event that is entirely separate and it's as, its own entity has been a thing of brilliance for as long as it's been around, the way it's done, put together, the partnerships, it's so well done. And to bring that format to the US, just starting off, to see the attendance so high, to see these people already getting recognition, not just within the building, but like you were saying, leveraging it for your business. Before the night was over, social media was already on fire with pictures of the guy, uh, the guys from La Scala with all their awards up on the stage. Pictures of, I mean, it, it was just, it was amazing that the business leverage in our today's social market was already paying off before the night had even ended. I mean, that, that's an impressive thing that you cannot pull off at Expo with all the noise of all the other social, Twitter, Pinterest, everything else that's going on during Expo, that's impossible to do and leverage. So also the time framing, having this all by itself, it, it, it builds the business leverage in by itself. And the fact that manufacturers within our industry were really able to step up and support not only Cedia, but also some of their award-winning uh, uh, dealers and integrators. I mean, that's a totally different feeling from what we had before. So congratulations, Giles, and your team. Phenomenal job. It was a great event. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, obviously, but it was very impressive. It was extremely, it's kind of what me saying those things years ago, what we had hoped for. Giles, let me, let me come back to you with, with one other question. Um, obviously, we talked about the award side of things, which, you know, following that on social, uh, I had massive uh, FOMO about that. It, it was it was frustrating watching uh, all of my friends there and, and having a blast. But the the other big aspect of this was the leadership event. What is the what is the need uh, within our industry to to continue to push? Uh, leadership events such as this, where it's not just, 
hey, here's how you make a balance sheet balance, but actually trying to move the industry forward through that type of event? Oh, I think there absolutely is a need for this. I mean, that really, you know, this draws on my experience as an integrator as well, not being able to actually um, find places to actually, uh, you know, have this kind of education or training. I mean, when we, we put a group together to really focus on the topics that we think uh, integrators would really value and, and really came up with um, things like branding, uh, the fact that our industry um, still, you know, many of, many of our members still actually don't have websites can you actually believe it you know and actually don't necessarily know how to market themselves and appeal them to design and build professionals um, at the same time you know succession planning this is a real real topic that is of interest privacy and security and those kind of things I mean staff retention so many so many different aspects to to running a business and the challenges that small business owners have so um, we took a lot of time to really make sure that the program uh, was relevant and actually we had some fantastic feedback on the day from from integrators some very well-established integrators actually and I think it's important to note that with this event we were really surprised I mean we, we really reached a new audience that we, we were still going through and looking at those that attended but from what we can see it wasn't really the same old faces at this event it was new it was a new audience and that's really what we're trying to do you know there are there are we have people that are very loyal uh, members and, and, and come to all of our events, but you know, we want more people to understand the value that CDA brings uh, through these events. And we were also really excited that we, um, we did a Facebook live broadcast of one of the sessions with, with, with technology that was donated to us from Dish Network. This really was a trial. Um, it's something that we, we, another way that we can get out there. We have a massive membership uh, across the world. So we really feel that this is a way that we can get um, some of our training out there and people can really experience the sort of uh, high caliber of event that we put on. So yeah, absolutely. I think there is a need and I think um, hopefully we addressed it at this event. Excellent. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems and uh, I, I guess he was on last week, Todd Anthony Puma. It is about handling takeover projects from both sides. Uh, if you've been in this industry for more than a minute, you have definitely dealt with this situation uh, where you've walked into a, an existing project uh, or you've walked away from a project and had to you know, figure out how to deal with that. So one, this is a really good overview. I, I implore you to, to run out to uh, visit the site and, and, and read this story really quickly. But Joe, I wanted to start with you on this. Todd mentions a couple of times how important it is to not badmouth the other person, the other uh, the the other integrator, or the 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 client. He really harps on that point. That's something that ha had the three of us sat down and just had a conversation about takeovers. I would not have thought of that necessarily. That's not something that would have been at the forefront. How easy is it to manage that in those conversations with either? Uh, you know, the, the takeover uh, company, the company that dropped it, or the, the, the client to, to have an honest conversation about things, especially because we've all been there, uh, specifically on a takeover, where you know stuff's wrong, you know it was done incorrectly. How do you manage having that conversation without bad-mouthing that integrator or that client? 
that's a super hard one um, because there, there's really only safety. You know, I will call out a company if it sucks so bad your house is going to burn down and people are going to die. I am going to say <laughs> it is that bad people are going to die. But, you know, on the other other take of that, you never want it, – it's, it's one of those um, – it's a very common marketing thing and you, you see it talked about in a lot of executive sessions where they talk about how you're, you're supposed to build your brand and your loyalty – based on your skills, not by stepping on others. That goes 100% into dealing with takeovers. The minute you say their install was bad, you're trying to say that you're better than them. So now you're trying to win a leg up on the fact that you're, you may be better than them, but that doesn't matter because you're trying to play on the facts. Yes, we can take this over, we can make it amazing, no problem. And, and move forward with it. We actually have two going on right now. And one is going to be amazing. And I've I didn't have to say anything about the other company. We just stepped in, took it over. It's going to be great. The other one, it was the opposite end of that spectrum that I had to say, this was done so bad, this closet may catch on fire. Um, you know, but it, it's one of those, it's a, it's, it's a very successful business tactic to always gear towards your strong suit and gear towards your professionalism and not try to score based on someone else's failure or loss. That's just bad business taste. And that's kind of where I think Puma's coming from when I, I read it and I thought about it. I was like, you know, he's right. And I just do that out of habit. But it's something I need to be more conscious about. The, the problem is, though, it's, it's just thinking about this, Matt, <clears throat> a lot of the time, the clients, the homeowners are so broken by the time you're actually, you're actually invited to actually look at this project. They've lost their faith in, in not just the technology, but uh, the businesses that, that actually install the technology. So one of the things you're having to do is really rebuild their trust in, 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 in an organization such as yours. So how do you do that without being in some ways dismissive of the company that was there before. You have to tell them that not all companies would, would do something this way, but not necessarily say it in a way that's really, really critical because you know, it's, it's a huge challenge to actually um, rebuild that trust when, when a client is in, that, in, is in that state and also actually to try and um, get them to spend more money, I find actually. You know, they, can, they, they probably spent a fortune to get to that point and then you're asking them to potentially spend, you know, more to get it to a place where it's just functioning. So it's, it's a real can of worms. Um, and that's why you can see so many companies, I think, in our industry that just don't, don't want to go near it. Well, Giles, let me, let me ask you this. And uh, as a side point, Joe, we have a fantastic uh, takeover story, actually, uh, that your company did on our site about the Ola Mansion. But, uh, Giles, I... I I wanted to ask you this, when you look at taking over a project, how do you evaluate that? How do you set up, because Todd alludes to it, but he doesn't necessarily get into specifics on how to walk into a takeover, do a site assessment, and then take that site assessment and put it against your markers, your internal company markers to say, yeah, we want to get involved in this or we don't because you've been an integrator, you understand that. I know Joe obviously has, we have, and we've also taken over projects that we never should have. <laughs> so how do you go about that? 
Well, you know, again, that is that is a challenge. And again, that is trying to build some trust with the homeowner. Um, the, the, the problem with the takeover project is the last person that touches the system, I find they own it. It's like, you know, all you have to do is go there and install uh, an Apple TV and all of a sudden you own that entire system. You're responsible for everything. And that again is, is, is the, the, the can of worms with, with taking on a system like this. But the, the, and then the other challenge you have is that all companies in our industry use different technology and you may have your own, as you say, markers in place. You may, for example, have um, requirements with your systems that they always have certain networking infrastructure and that has to be, that is, that is 100% what you will install in every single project. So um, the way we found we did it when, when I was an integrator was there were certain non-negotiables really, that the network always had to be something that you could actually control and own. Um, there would always be a system that you could remotely support. But from there, there are certain things that you can, you can be probably a bit more lenient and flexible about, maybe around the AV components and things like that. But again, the real challenge is I found, you know, dealing with a homeowner that's lost their trust, lost their faith in, in, in our industry and in companies within our industry, and then asking them to part with more money to get the system to a place where it's actually just functioning. And that, that's the thing which really comes down to the way that you position yourself, sell yourself to the homeowner and, and, and help them you know, believe that you'll be able to, to help and to resolve all those things. Very good. Joe, let, let, me, let me wrap this story up with a fun question for you. As integrators, what is our responsibility if we are someone who has either fired a client or been fired by a client? What is our responsibility, if any, to assist some other company coming in? Do we do we have do we have a, like can can another integrator demand that you help them that you give them site diagrams? I I, I would say. Yes, um, that's fulfilling a contract. That's fulfilling a promise at this point. You know, you, 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 you promise a client that they're whatever, their system or whatever would do X. And they're calling in another person because you couldn't deliver on those promises. You at least need to help that new company get them to the level of the promises, the expectations you already set that you couldn't deliver. Now, of course, there's ego and there's, you know, that feeling of, of uh, failure that you would be going into doing that. But I absolutely think that's, you know, I know I do, I personally do things a little differently. So I would say, you know, every time you go into any project, but mo you know, mostly takeovers, is make them feel like they're gonna win. You know, make, make them feel happier about dealing with you when you're finished. Make them feel like they're getting more out of the deal than you are. You're getting them to that satisfaction. You're helping them get their Super Bowl, so to speak. Make them feel like champions. And obviously, you'll get referrals and, and other magical things. The business will happen. But at the end of the day, you take the money away. You're going to feel better about yourself and what you've done for others, especially in takeover projects, because you're basically walking into somebody who's just going through a divorce. You know, yeah. you, you've not only got to make their house work, but you've got to make them feel better, like Giles said, about dealing with CDM members and living with technology. You've got a bunch of stuff to jump over. So it's going that extra mile and making them actually feel good about that decision they're making. That's yeah. the hardest part, though.
Joe, you're absolutely right, actually, because actually you can be the hero in this situation as well. You can be the one that actually resolves all these these things. And Joe, you said it just then. I mean, you can actually be the person. You can actually get referrals from this, and we we would we would win win lots of new projects on the back of being the person that went in and sorted out all those issues. So yeah, I agree. And and, and I mean, that's why we get so many of those takeovers. And like you said, on AV Nation's website, there's an article about one we did that Tim from AV Nation, is, he's been there before and talked to the people there. And that's, that's kind of a perfect example of the way I like that feeling to be when it's done. But it's something I think all of our CDA members and anybody who does residential AV should kind of grab onto is make them feel like a winner at the end. And I would say that that is a key for every project you do, <laughs> not just takeovers. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to uh, likely our last story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro and the one and only Julie Jacobson. Biophilia, a smart home pro, does it backwards. He starts with indoor air quality and adds a little IoT on top. Uh, reading through this story, uh, Julie's been on a, a real kick over the the impact of biophilia and has a opportunity to interview Refresh Smart Homes out of Mount Kisco, New York, an area that I actually know pretty well. Um, Refresh started with indoor air quality and then expanded that uh, into actual smart home technology once they started working through that. She also did a session at uh, the business conference in Chicago that we we started off the show with on biophilia and and covered some of the stuff. As you read through this article, it, it's very interesting to see someone who came from essentially the the HVAC side of things, the the uh, indoor air quality side of things, and then transitioned into uh, smart home. So, Giles, I'm going to come back and start with you on this one. Starting with with the air side of things is not very common in our industry. Most people come from audio or video and sometimes lighting. And then, you know, they have that if we're going to, you know, dump into the, the biophilia side of things. Um, they usually, most people, most integrators come at that from a lighting standpoint. That's their lead in. Uh, Refresh is doing this different coming in from the indoor air quality. How does that differ? And does that give them a leg up as they're moving through this process? Oh, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it is very different. As you say, it's, it's, we, as an industry, if we think about wellness, probably um, just because it is a new subject and we, and it is something that is, is there's more awareness building around this. We, we would typically think about lighting. Yeah, absolutely. That seems to be the, the way that most, most integrators are seeing as the route to this, this, this new market. Um, but yeah, air quality. I mean, I saw a presentation from Delos that brought this, brought this whole subject into it as well. Um, you know, Julie's talk was was incredibly well attended at our conference, um, which shows how how big a subject this could be. I think it was 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 the most well attended session. Um, and um, yeah, I so I sat in on a talk by Delos and saying that this is actually they had a, a filter that was a product. I don't know if it if if it's um, going to be um, ready yet, but they actually are manufacturing their own filter that can be um, fitted to AC units. So that's how far they're going with this and starting to develop product around this. So. Um, yeah, it's a new market to be looking at. Um, we, we as an industry association are going to continue to, to monitor and bring wellness to the forefront of the conversation. Um, 
but it's 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 interesting to see you're right this 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 new this new industry starting to look at this i think it can be hit from lots of different angles not just just ac but also uh, an air filtration but but heating and lighting as well very good joe this is the question that keeps coming up every time I, I, I read about biophilia or look into it or, or have a conversation about it. Is this something that has the potential to actually become a mainstay part of our industry? Or is this just going to be niche the way in which you know dedicated theater rooms? At, at one point, that was what we all tried to do. Everybody in this business tried to, oh yeah, we'll build you a nine-seater, no problem. Then it very quickly became a, that's, that's a niche product anymore. There are a handful of firms that do that well. Is this going to be mainstream or is this going to stay as a niche only available to the select few? Like these guys are working Mount Kisco. You, you know, I say, I say marketing, 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 publications, publications, publications. Um, the reason why I say that is because, you know, you're having this discussion now because it hit a publication or somebody wrote about it. I mean, you know, we've been working with April air on VOC, um, allergen filtration, fresh air, uh, for a decade, like a decade in an integrated home with their Wi-Fi T stats and their, their fresh air, uh, filters. And it, it's already been there. It's just now you have people talking about it. And I was just talking to Julie Jacobson like a week ago about this subject in that I like the idea. I think we're early. And the problem is for our industry is there is not a concrete method to monetize it yet. We know the idea is good. We know the technology is so legit. It's, some of it's been out for a decade. Like it's concrete. It's good. But the problem is with everything in our industry, it's like when we first went... 15 years ago, we first started getting networks pushed on us. We knew that was going to be something for us, but we did not yet know how to monetize it. So, of course, no, uh, call your service provider, that kind of thing. Once that is ironed out, I think this will be a lot bigger than the, the niche of theaters or two-channel audio rooms, or this will be that next level of an ecosystem it's not just audio, video, and lighting, like Giles is saying, lighting, big thing. Now it encompasses everything that has to do with wellness, but on the technology aspect. Not something that's just monitored and just spits off whatever. Something that actually can tie everything in together and create this word that we've all been foolishly throwing around for 20 years, an ecosystem in a home. We've all been saying this word, and we've, none of us have ever created a real ecosystem inside a home. But this could potentially give us that opportunity, but the, the key will be how can it be monetized and how can it be turned into an actual business model? That's where the mystery is gonna be. Julie said she hasn't figured out. I said, please send me over it. I wanna make some money. But you know that that's gonna be the key. Because I don't think it's gonna be niche. I think it's gonna be huge. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see if a standard is actually developed around this um, because I, it's been it's been it's been pretty big in the commercial world for some time. I remember going to the ASID, American Society of Interior Designers headquarters, which is a a well it, it's a well building, um, which means it's been accredited for for 
being designed in a certain way. And it brings into all of these elements that we're discussing. But I don't believe at this current time there is a, is a standard for, for residential homes based around this. Um, but Joe's right. You know, a lot of, a lot of integrators are going to ask questions as to whether this can be monetized, whether this is a, another um, en energy efficiency kind of wave in terms of like some of the, the standards around uh, energy efficient homes, um, which is hard to see how we can, other than adding value to how the home's being built, how we can add value to our businesses. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it develops and if a standard will develop around it. And that, that final transition is going to be the craziest thing, though, because you're going from, you know, they're just now starting to accept us installing networks in their home. Now we're the home network guy. How do we get to that point where they don't go, well, you like they used to, you're not a network guy, come to me and say, well, you're not a doctor. How are you going to promote and certify wellness within my home? You're not a doctor. You're not an allergen specialist. How, how is that transition going to happen where we're actually respected and recognized enough for that to be an acceptable process for us to give. That's going to be the kicker. Yeah, it's very interesting to watch and we'll have to keep an eye on it. Thank you, gentlemen. That's going to be all the time we have for today. Giles, if people want to connect with you, learn about Cedia, join Cedia, et cetera, where can they do that? They can email me, uh, gsutton at cedia.org or um, Giles Cedia on Twitter. Excellent. Very good. Joe, thanks again for joining us. If people want to connect with you, where can they do that? They can always email me at joe at Thoughtful Integrations. Find us on Twitter at Integrator Tweets and find us on Facebook at Thoughtful Integrations. Excellent. Thank you again. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avionation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 